0: Join me in building mental superpowers with today's guest, Anahita Mogadam. She's a dancer, coach, and founder of Neural Beings. This visionary is going to help us figure out how to go from tortured, struggling artists to thriving, happy creatives. I'm your host, Laura Mioli, multimedia extraordinaire, and you're listening to Louder Vision. My guest today is Anahita Mogadam, yes, it is. <laughs> founder of Neural Beings. She's also a dancer. You can find out more about Anahita on NeuralBeings.com, on Twitter at NeuralBeings, and she's featured on Entrepreneur.com. I'll share that link in the description. So Anahita, hello. Hello. <laughs> so Neural Beings is your coaching business. Yes, it is. Awesome. So it was launched in 2013, and it's your way of curating the work of visionary leaders. So tell me a bit about your methods and what you do as a coach.
1: Yeah. So um, it's interesting that you said that at the beginning, that it's curating the work of visionary leaders. I mean, the only reason I do what I do and I'm inspired to um, carry out the activities that I carry out um, is because of Because of people that have inspired me and among these people have been like rock stars and prophets and spiritual teachers and tennis stars and all of it. So really, I want to just start by saying that, you know, if I've accumulated any kind of insight or any kind of inspiration uh, to date, it's because of others that have really inspired me then, <laughs> you wanted me to talk to you about Neural Beings. Yeah, what is, tell us what Neural what Beings What is Neural is. Beings? So Neural Beings is the name of my coaching practice. It's really just my company, and it's me. So I consider myself a neural <laughs> being because I'm made of neurons, and uh, hopefully you are too, and we all are. It's a science thing. It's a science thing. <laughs> and it's actually a term that was coined by a very interesting cognitive linguist called um, George Lakoff, or Lakoff, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce his name, but I hope he's not mad at me. And he basically said we're neural beings and that the mind or even the brain are inherently embodied. So this whole notion of embodiment, of intelligence being within the body, of us not being dissociated from the body, uh, but rather being uh, held inside this really complex and miraculous system, which is the whole body. Mm-hmm. So um, that intelligence is something I'm interested in accessing because so much of our day-to-day activities are happening on a level of, a me- of conceptual thought, of communication, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, ideas, and a lot of it is just metaphorical or is abstract. Mm-hmm. A, lot of it just, a lot of it is lost in language. So what I'm really interested in is accessing like real-time experience through the vehicle of the body. And that's, my, uh, that's the vision, really, behind um, neural beings. And then on a practical level, it's, uh, my work is coaching. So I work with uh, mainly executives, managers. I also work with teams and organizations. Mm-hmm. And I draw on uh, information, insight, wisdom from the Eastern contemplative traditions, mainly Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really Buddhist mind science or Buddhist psychology as well as Buddhist philosophy that I'm really interested in, but also Western psychology, Western philosophy, mm-hmm. and neuroscience. So there's a new emerging field called contemplative neuroscience, which is really interesting to me. So it's a neuroscience of contemplative practice. Um, and then, finally, I'm really interested in the effects of mindfulness and embodiment practices. I'm a dancer myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, accessing the mind that's inherent in the body is just the most beautiful experience ever. And I want to share that or I want to facilitate in that process in my clients.
0: So that sounds really interesting, because I've been studying a lot of meditation lately. And like, I've, I've studied Buddhism before, and I know a bit about it. And it's all about the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that you connect the body, like the physical with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, really because cool. I mean, we're not just heads uh, walking around in space. We have bodies, and, in, and our bodies are, you know, f- filled with information and with potential. In fact, if we really want to experience our true nature, which according to a lot of the Eastern, Eastern traditions is blissful. It's it's like inherently blissful. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to feel orgasmic all the yeah. time. And we're not. We don't. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we feel pretty miserable. A lot of us do. <laughs> <laughs> and disconnected and tense. So, um, And, you know, where do we feel that f- sense of bliss or pleasure? We don't feel it in our heads. We feel it in our bodies. We feel it in our feet and our mm-hmm. hands and our bellies and our hearts and our, you know, legs, wherever we feel it. But it's it's the body that's really the sort of the conduit for that kind of
0: experience. So I found you at Social Media Week, and you were giving a presentation on the neuroscience of mindfulness, so a lot of the stuff you just told us about. Um, And you were talking about meditation and how you can disconnect from all this social media because that's what the Social Media Week was about, all this go online, post, and do all these things, and you're constantly on your phone. And I went there for about five minutes, and I was, like, totally turned off Uh. because... Everyone was on their phone. It mm-hmm. was like you could not talk to anybody. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I found your talk really interesting mm-hmm. because you were saying, let's be here in the moment mm-hmm. and let's actually experience something. So I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So this podcast is for visionaries, creatives, and artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, you seem to be definitely the visionary part of that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I noticed that you've been all around the world, and yeah. you uh, were born in Tehran, Tehran. Exactly. I know you have, like, a global perspective on, on your philosophy and your, the work that you do, but um, I, in terms of being a creative person, you know, in the United States, it's kind of all this, like, you're working all the time, and it's nine to five, and yeah. you're stuck in this day-to-day grind. And then, you know, I went to Italy earlier this year and it was just completely like a different feeling. Yeah, Maybe because I was on vacation. I don't know. Well, I think it's quite different (laughs) (laughs) all the time. It's quite different. Okay. But, um, for artists and creatives who just want to, you know, find inspiration and create things that, that are meaningful and, um, do you know uh, fulfill our passion and our our purpose in in the world which is to create can we do that in the united states or should we just go Mm -hmm. to europe and just just leave
1: yeah well that's a really good question it's a very good practical question it's a good philosophical question it really depends on the individual you know i think sometimes some of the best art is produced in environments that are most um sort of challenging um you know and and then it it might ac- you might be able to access certain emotional s- sort of states within yourself uh, because of the environment that you live in. That may, p- may give rise to art that's very unique to living in America. Yeah. That I can, you know, that I can imagine. But um, I don't think it's necessary to move anywhere, to be honest with you. I mm-hmm. think being able to access that creative energy could happen anywhere in the world and it could happen even if you lived in a prison cell really yeah. because to me that creative that creative process emerges from within of course external the external environment is a huge factor culture is a huge factor society is a huge factor but at the end of the day it, it depends it really depends on the individual what the vision is and what the what the motivation is for making art you know mm. um, uh, it really depends on the individual but I find, it, I find it exciting to live in New York, and I'm a dancer myself, and mm-hmm. sometimes um, some of the dances that come out of me here are a reflection of the explosive and uh, high vibrational mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of state that we live in in New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes it's angry. Other times it's like so excitable. Is, is that even a word? Excitable. Yeah, yeah. Um, other times it's exhausted. You mm-hmm. know, the dance is an expression of, like, deep exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And all of that is pretty profound. I grew up in Germany. Germany, obviously, is a very stable country. It's, yeah. uh, it's everything works perfectly, and it's not very action-packed like it, it is here in mm-hmm. New York. I mean, if you live in Berlin, maybe a little more. But uh, I wasn't exactly accessing, um, you know, that kind of creative d- dynamism, that I might be able to access here, mm-hmm. back in Germany. So it really depends.
0: So being the tortured artist is, is a
1: It's not a necessarily a bad thing, <laughs> but I think it's all really relative to the individual. Mm-hmm. I, you know I, I find it hard to generalize in that sense. I think it really depends on your predisposition, your needs or your vision, and your, your mindset as an artist. You know, um, I think if you're talking on a, uh, on a mere sort of socio-cultural cultural or socio-economic level, yes, it's more challenging to be an artist in a, a heavily capitalist society mm-hmm. um, where you might not have the means to pay rent and make art and, you know, inspire yourself and go on little like artist getaways and just mm-hmm. experiment because you need to pay the rent. and then if you're talking in that sense, yes, it might be better to go get like a cheap apartment in Berlin and just k- kind of like give yourself all the time and space you need to yeah. allow the artistry to come out of you. So you see, it's, it's a little more complex. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but as a coach, what would you advise someone who is so, like in New York or a pl- uh, in the United States pretty much and, and dealing with that whole, I have to work to live, yes. but I also know that I don't fit into this nine to five, yeah. go to work every day, work Absolutely. for the man kind of thing, Like, right. what, what would you advise uh, artists like that?
1: I would say you know is it worth the sacrifice? Is it worth, is whatever you're driving into existence worth sacrificing a certain level of comfort for? Um, if so, you know, just do it, <laughs> just stick it through is that even a word, can you say it like that? Stick it through, stick through? No. Uh, Let's not use that <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you're from multiple places. Um, it's um, stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it out? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, I think that wherever we transplant ourselves to, mm-hmm. Essentially, as a coach and as a practitioner of Buddhism, I don't believe that you can find the source of whatever you're looking for externally. You could go to an environment that's a little more serene, a little more conducive for mm-hmm. art making. But really, I think it erupts. this kind of process erupts from within. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean stay and torture yourself either. Yeah. You've got to be a little more sort of in uh, or skillful. Mm-hmm. But I would challenge anyone to go within and see... Uh, what is what is the inner envi- What's the most conducive inner environment that you need to make the art that you want to make, rather than to believe that it's going to be some kind of external circumstances that will allow that art to be made? Because that, for me, doesn't work somehow.
0: You You're know, awesome. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because you were like meditating as I was making I was making you tea today. Yes. <laughs> and I'm I'm like, is she meditating? <laughs> That's well awesome. you just made me walk through Times square i have to <laughs> meditate before this thing and that's what i'm saying these yeah. external kind of circumstances sometimes you're just in a place like Times square and you just want to like yeah rip your hair out it's like yes. so frustrating
1: and that's why i think it's really important to know one's own needs to be to be able to listen to one's own own needs you know if you're if you're signing up to be an artist um there has to be some kind of personal hygiene, some kind of mental hygiene that has to occur. You know, practicing self-care, giving yourself whatever it is you need to be your best. And um, to inquire within is is really one of my recommendations. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you do that. You know, you're asking good questions and you're interested in this topic, so you must have an interest in in, Mm -hmm. self-inquiry. But things aren't always what they seem to be. Sometimes we challenge we should ch- I invite my clients to challenge their perception and to see how they can go beyond these kind of preconceived ideas that we are fed. So, like you know, what? like s- beliefs that, you know, if I lived in Italy and if I lived in Florence, I would be one of, you know, I would just like a Renaissance painter would just be birthed out of me. Why Venice and, for me? Oh, Venice. Okay, see <laughs> Venice, which is beautiful. That might be a truth for you. That might be your own truth, which is mm-hmm. you should follow. Follow your bliss, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes um, it's human nature to seek, uh, to seek a sense of comfort and a sense of pleasure and to chase after what appears to be the source of happiness or the source of pleasure. Whereas mm-hmm. what really is a source of happiness or pleasure um, may not be found in those, sort of those external circumstances or c- conditions, but rather they may come from a state of mind. I mean, that's my practice right now is mm-hmm. to believe me, I'd love to go live in Italy right now. I'm <laughs> like, I haven't even left New York this all summer. Aww. If anyone needs a break here, it's me. <laughs> but I'm challenging myself, you know, I'm challenging myself to see what is it that a holiday a vacation, a getaway, gives me. And can I provide that to myself here? Can I give it to myself moment to moment? That's why every opportunity to sit and close my eyes or to do the things I need to do, which is take a dance class or Mm -hmm. listen to really amazing music or do whatever it is that I need to do to activate my mind, to inspire my mind, Um, so that I'm not dependent on traveling. I'm not dependent on a partner. I'm not Mm -hmm. dependent on that perfect job. But rather, I can go there with my own mind at will. <laughs> well, that's what I'm I've I've set that up for myself as a goal
0: now. That's superpowers yeah. right there.
1: Well, I guess we were yeah, superpowers are the way to go. Cuz we have them.
0: We do. We do. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to get kind of sucked into all of it, but but yeah, definitely when I I have a place that I go every couple months, Peace Village, mm-hmm. and it's just A wonderful place is quiet disconnected but I think a lot of it is the disconnected part is that I my phone is off it's not working sure I had spend a whole weekend not really on social media and not answering emails and not doing any work just kind of thinking and relaxing and enjoying myself so makes
1: it easier of course now -hmm. the challenge is can you do it while you're here can you do it while your phone is in front of you Can you access that state of balance and well-being or whatever state you access at this kind of retreat center here in the midst of the turmoil? Mm -hmm. Can you find that refuge in your own mind? That's really what I'm interested in. Otherwise, we're just going to be like always needy. I don't want to be needy. <laughs> needy is yeah. so boring
0: to me, you know? Because mm-hmm. you're always, I mean, I know for myself, I go on vacation and then as I'm on the plane coming back, I'm like, where am I going next? Yeah. I'm not even back yet. And I'm like, okay, what's my course. next vacation? Sure,
1: yeah. We, we, it makes us feel good and it's legit. Yeah. I've, I have the same experience. It's not like, you know, I'm coming back from like an amazing trip and I, I'm dying to get back to Times Square. No, I'd rather stay there as well. <laughs> but I'll, I don't know. I think it's time to
0: to upgrade a little bit. Yeah. The mind. The mind. Yeah. So I've been looking at some other coaches. There's one in particular. Her name is Kathy Caprino. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of her? I have not, Okay. Known. Well, she has this book called Breakdown, Breakthrough. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of career coaches out there. I read Lean In, and it just yeah. seems to be a trend lately yeah. of um, mentioning that when our body is in distress, it's like a warning signal for us that's saying that something is not right. Yeah. You're not fulfilling your purpose or you're not doing the right things that you need to do or you're not honoring yourself. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that's very accurate. I think our bodies know, our bodies actually know better than, you know, our thinking mechanism, the thinking mechanism of the the mind or Mm -hmm. the brain, mind-brain system. Um, our bodies inherently know there's a wisdom to our bodies there is a there is an old old knowing Mm -hmm. Um, and our bodies respond to our mental activity very sensitively very acutely and a lot of us just push through they don't we don't listen Mm -hmm. and we sedate ourselves you know there's so many sensory distractions uh, myriad ways in which we can numb ourselves down and then the body you know follows but then there's a time when the body will break down the body will resist the body will not want to um co- what do you say like co cooperate, right mm-hmm. um so then it's about learning to speak the language of the body and the way to learn this to li- to speak the language of the body is to learn to first quiet down the sort of chattering mind To be able to distinguish between when am I in my when am I in my head, when am I dissociated from Mm. my body, when am I living merely on the level of concept and idea and narrative, personal narrative, constantly fabricating narratives and living on that realm, which is complete hypothetical, complete illusory, disconnected from reality, Mm -hmm. um, versus when am I in my body? When am I breathing? When am I feeling? What am I feeling in this moment? What am I sensing? What are the emotions that I'm um, experiencing in response to the data that I'm perceiving or mm-hmm. the information that's running through my, through my head and my, mm-hmm. my thoughts? And having that sort of real-time awareness of the body, um, that experiential, sort of being in that experiential state and relating to one's environment from the body makes the experience of life so much richer and it makes us so much more conscious, and then we're able to actually make decisions that are way more mm. informed, that actually mm. are so much more aligned with what we really desire, what we really want, mm-hmm. rather than to make to take action from a place of habituation, which is con- unconscious mostly, right? From a place mm-hmm. of just um, uh, sort of like drawing on on pr- previous knowledge or pre sort yeah, of like what's comfortable, what's comfortable, mm-hmm. um, and Acting from that place and just re- recreating over and over the same experience, mm-hmm. the same sort of very limited experience of ourselves in space yeah. and time through It's the like narrative. following
0: the pattern of abuse. If you've been kind abused of, exactly. or you're just used to that same thing, so yes. you keep doing the you same thing out of habit, even right. like having, going for a certain job and then that job is not the right thing, but you keep going for the same yes. job because that's what you know and that's what's easy for you. Yep. So exactly. so are you saying that, um, because our minds would tell us one thing, my mind tells me I want to be on vacation, <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> but you're saying the body is the one to listen to.
1: Right. So let me ask you, why do you want to be
0: on vacation? Because when I'm on vacation, my back doesn't hurt. Mm. And it's very, very interesting. interesting. Only when I'm like, I'm going to get on the plane tomorrow, that's when my back starts hurting wow. again
1: so uh that sounds like it's
0: psychological (laughs) right well it's bold i mean i have scans and stuff but yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) well the cause i don't know i can't pinpoint the cause but it sounds like it could be but then my question is to you what can you do here when you're not on the plane on your way Mm -hmm. to some beautiful country what can you do here to take care of the pain and the pain is just information that's being sent to you from the body saying Pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. Do something differently. And then it's up to you to give yourself the time and space to contemplate what is it that I can do differently? What is it that will give me pleasure, Mm -hmm. uh, that will introduce a sense of ease, a sense of well-being into my body-mind system, rather than to keep pushing through? And then the bigger question is, like, why am I doing what I'm doing anyway? Why? Like, that's a big question. Why are we running around like
0: this? Mm -hmm. For what? That for is money? a good question. So we for money, rent. and then oh, how much
1: money do we want? And
0: when is it enough? When is it enough?
1: And what is it that we really get from money? What is the underlying mm-hmm. reason for our pursuit of wealth or money? What is the underlying reason? Is I don't it safety? Know. Is it comfort? Is it? I mean, what is status? Is it? What is? It? Is it love? Is it mm-hmm. sense of belonging? And if so, fair enough, that's okay. There's a certain level of conditioning on a, on a collective level that we all have undergone. But like, can I give myself those things independent of the money? Can I give myself the sense of belonging, the sense of safety, the sense of comfort, the sense of um, well-being, whatever it is that money gives me, it represents mm-hmm. to me. Can I give it to myself? And then maybe the pursuit of money becomes a little more easy. And a little less sort of tense, and there's not such a grasping, there's not such a reliance on money, Mm -hmm. there's not such a heavy identification with Mm -hmm. whatever career prospects that we set out Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for ourselves. I don't know, it just, then there's more creativity, and I think that sense of creativity is what allows an artist to really make amazing art yeah. it's when they're freed up of those like mental sort of like shackles or that yeah. mental imprisonment because we put ourselves into it no one's holding a yeah, gun to those it. have tos so i have to I have, have this to. i
0: have to have a job yeah. i have to have there's
1: infinite creative possibilities to live and to live well and there's people that demonstrate it that can with or without money they create beautiful thriving like whole wholesome Uh, lives for themselves. And uh, whether they have money or not. So it's not really, and and I know a lot of people with a lot of money and their lives are devoid of of life force. You know, it's like their lives are really sort of dry and lonely and sad. And Mm -hmm. these are some of the wealthiest people that I've met. And
0: so Mm -hmm. money can't be the source, Mm -hmm. right? So I guess you wouldn't agree with the the saying of um, do what you love and money will come.
1: I don't know if that's, I don't know if that applies for me. Do what you love and money will come. I mean, the money will follow or whatever it it is. It will or will not. I don't know if the cause for money following is doing what you love, Mm -hmm. but I think that's a good, it's a good motivational sort of tactic. Mm -hmm. Do do what you do, whether or not the money comes. Uh, That's what I would say. The money may come depending on certain causes and conditions, but... Um, but I do believe there is some wisdom in that. Of course, if you do what you do, and uh, especially if you do it with such love, and you do it with a sense of joyful effort, mm-hmm. and you show up to it with discipline, with patience, and all of that, then um, you will. Chances are, probability is higher mm-hmm. that you become good at it. And if you become good at something, you're going to attract attention. And you attract attention, which is our, you know, in my opinion, it's and many other. Um, people have said the same, that attention is our most valuable resource. Mm-hmm. It's really what we pay with. Um, without it, we we can't do anything, can't get mm-hmm. anything done. So we, we receive attention, and then once we receive attention, the probability increases of things working out. So it's really a little bit of math, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Science, math, I'm Science, learning math, today. Science, math, momentum. It's all about <laughs> momentum. Generate momentum.
1: Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. do what you do what you love to do but okay you have to eat you have to pay rent so mm-hmm. it's it's tough it's a yeah. balancing act between what the heart wants and you know what we so easy what like the, the sort of duality that we've created to make sense of this of the the heart and the the heart and the head sort of duality mm-hmm. yes we have to be practical we have to be logical there's yeah. an external world there's that system Mm -hmm. and then there's the internal world of the emotions and the feelings and the heart Mm -hmm. and desire and beauty and imagination and all of that stuff so how do we bring those two into Mm -hmm. uh, dance
0: so you have your dancing seems like your your duality i mean you have your business your coaching business which i'm like so proud of you that you actually Coach, and like this is something that you really love to do. Yes. like I can just tell. Oh, thank you. But I saw a video of you dancing on, <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, was it at <laughs> an orphanage? In yes, Nepal? that That's was hilarious. so cute. Okay, thank I you. was like, wow, you're great. Uh, yeah, that was. Those
1: were. Uh, uh, those were kids at an orphanage in Kathmandu that really insisted on learning this Beyonce choreography, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I don't do that kind of dance, but they wanted me to, to like. Channel Beyonce, so I did for them. It was pretty cool, but that's not necessarily the kind of dance I usually do. I do more sort of meditative dance, but also contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. I really believe in the mind and body being one sort of intrinsic system, mm-hmm. that there's not a divide between the mind and body. And when I don't dance, I get sick. Like oh, my friends wow. know that, because it's almost like a like eighty percent of me is dormant and you know, I'm just going to put this word out there, but energy just doesn't flow. Yeah. It just gets obstructed. And then Mm -hmm. I just find myself dwelling on my thoughts. So really getting into the body and then um, bringing breath or consciousness or Mm -hmm. awareness into the body, really feeling the body. So even now you're talking to me. Can you actually feel your legs? Can you feel into the soles of your feet? Mm -hmm. Can you sense the temperature of the room against your cheeks? And Mm -hmm. can you sense any scent sorry can you smell any sense in the air you can mm-hmm. probably smell my body lotion i just came from a <laughs> steam room but y- you see so it's mm-hmm. like can we experience the world through the body and then it's again then that mind body mm-hmm. union or which, which is originally the meaning of yoga yeah the unification um occurs and then we what i, I like to say is then we've actualized or we're actualizing human potential Most of us Mm. are completely dormant and walking around kind of like zombies. I think (laughs) Bob Dylan has an amazing, uh, he says in one of his songs, he says, he not busy being born is busy dying. And then it raises a philosophical question of what is it to be born? What is it to be busy being born? How do we birth ourselves moment to moment? What do we do Mm -hmm. to really birth ourselves? Otherwise, we're spiraling down. And then as Jim Morrison would say, yeah. the whole shithouse goes co- <laughs> <comes>, like <laughs> falling down or whatever he says. So as a dancer, um, for me, the most blissful state is a state of really sort of like uncontrived dancing. So, mm-hmm. yes, we can dance externally where we just like do things, funny shapes and forms with our bodies yeah. in space. But really the dance that that dance that I'm talking about happens internally. Like, you know, when you hit the sweet mm-hmm. spot when you're dancing and yeah. then you just you're like you're right there. And then it becomes effortless. You mm-hmm. know that when you dance and Yeah, you sleep like, after aloof. a few drinks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so right, exactly. Imagine remember that? The, yeah. Ideally without the drinks, but mm-hmm. you know, if you drink then no problem. <laughs> I like a few glasses of wine every now and then. Few means two by the way, I don't do more than two. <laughs> I'm total low tolerance there. Um, but that state of dance is something I like to invoke or help invoke in my clients. So whether I work with a team in a company, mm-hmm. I like to get them all to, to, to enter a state of dancing where mm-hmm. they just feel like uncontrived, boundless joy and a sense of connection or kinship with mm-hmm. one another. On an individual level, I like to get my clients to feel like they're dancing as they're talking. They're dancing as, as they walk. You, oh, okay. you know, yeah. well, because when you dance, for me, it's like you defy not only gravity, you defy death. Mortality mm-hmm. is, in, in my opinion, you defy it by dancing. It's mm-hmm. this like state of total aliveness. Yeah. And that's something I, I love to cultivate in people and in myself. That's when I'm most alive.
0: Mm-hmm. And actually, because it's like being a baby.
1: That's exactly mm-hmm. it's like being a child when yeah. a child plays or a baby plays. Mm-hmm. It's like that. There's not a hint of fear or worry or any preconceived ideas of the future or any attachment to the past. There is just present moment, joyous, Mm -hmm. open awareness and and then a relational sort of the the ability to relate with oneself, with one's Mm -hmm. environment, with others in such a beautiful, uncontrived way. In such an authentic way. And if I can go into a company and I can deliver that experience to a team, to a group, where they feel that sense of unbound, um, authentic connection with one another and with the processes that they're engaged in at work, then Mm -hmm. that, for me, is like the biggest victory ever. I'm actually in the process of founding a hotel, by the way. Really? (laughs) Yeah, with a a couple (laughs) of business partners. But we're basically launching a hotel project called Kin,
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's going to be a, a sort of like a luxury eco social impact hotel. Whoa. And that's going to be the space in which some of these practices will be carried out. So it's like imagine my coaching process, mm-hmm. but happening in a 3D format in a, oh, in a hotel cool. that uh, has a social impact sort of angle. And, and we're looking at doing it in Haiti. That's so awesome. we're already in the, pr- in the process of, like, securing the land. And we have an amazing architecture firm that's going to probably design it for us. And so, yeah, I'll let you know when, that, when that's, that's up. That's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be called Kin... Well, the, the company's called Kin Travel. So you can always awesome. look for it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Anahita's website is neuralbeings.com. You can follow her on LinkedIn and on Twitter at neuralbeings. I sure got lots of great advice out of our guests today, and I hope you did too. Let's go on this soul-searching journey together. You can tweet me at loudavision, hashtag mental superpowers. I'd love to hear from you. Also, a special thanks to my podcasting mentor, Terrell, host of the Indoo Podcast. That's indoo.podbean.com. And congratulations to my scriptwriting partner and hip-hop lawyer, Top Raz for his new album. You can find that on topdollaraz.bandcamp.com. As always, for more creative tips and inspiration, check me out on lauramioli.com. Thanks for listening.